Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to Brave the Wild. With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. I believe this is the first time I've mentioned Google Podcasts. It's been around for a little while, but this is, well, <laughs> it literally mirrors iTunes for Android devices, and it's the official Android slash Google podcast uh, applications. So, Brave the Wild is available on there for all Android users at all times. It uploads and you can subscribe, and it does the same thing iTunes does, and Stitcher, and of course, uh, Double Twist. So, welcome aboard, indeed. Sorry it's been so long, been behind, got some catching up to do, of course, the signings of Matt Dumba and Jason Zucker. Very nice to have them in the fold. We'll talk about that shortly. Of course, it's the season preview generally today. I'm going to talk very little about the very first uh, regular season game for the Minnesota Wild, a pretty nondescript preseason as well. Fear did okay, but uh, Eric Fear did okay. He stepped up, got some assists in the preseason. Looks uh, actually pretty solid out there, but uh, generally speaking, it's kind of the same old story, and I don't mean in a bad way because the team has made the playoffs the last six years, but nothing dazzling at the moment. But hopefully at some point, Eric Zanek and Jordan Greenway can uh, help pave the way for the future, though Eric Zanek does appear to have taken a step forward. That is very encouraging without a doubt. So this will be a two-segment show, of course. It'll be kind of a season preview. The second half will be, basically, we'll look at the one game briefly. Not an impressive game at all against the Colorado Avalanche. In fact, not even a little bit. Uh, And, of course, (laughs) you know, previewing the upcoming games. Hard to believe it's already hockey season. Again, sorry it's been so long. Been busy with this, busy with that. Very limited schedule, and I had to prioritize Purple Mafia because football season got going, so... It just kind of is what it is, but hockey season is getting going. There will be sporadic releases depending on what I'm, uh, what time I'm available, this and that, until at least around Thanksgiving. But I'll do my best to keep it weekly if I can. And if it's every two weeks, it's every two weeks. Something like that. Rainy days, Mondays, get me down, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> because I work it outside and obviously the regular job. So gotta. that's the whole first things first. Just, you know, If you don't work, you don't eat, that type of thing. Or at least that's how it should be. Anyhow, <laughs> let's leave that alone. Minnesota Wild 2018-2019. Here we are. It's upon us. The top lines, this and that. The second lines. 
Eric Stahl, I got to think the top line is going to remain Eric Stahl, Jason Zucker, Mikhail Granlin. That's been a good deal. The second line, Miko Koivu, Parisi, and Nita Ryder. Third line has been, so far, Erickson Eck or Greenway at center. And then, of course, the other one at left wing and the right winger. Excuse me, at... Uh, Actually, yeah, Cole Coyle would be the right winger, the other would be left. Jordan Greenway at left, Erickson Eck at center, and Coyle at right wing. Nita Ryder and Parisi would work together. Parisi left wing, Nita Ryder right wing. And, of course, the fourth line at this moment, Eric Fair, who's looking pretty good, actually, a guy who hasn't been very productive the last several years, joining with uh, uh, local favorite Matt Hendricks. He's kind of the new uh, Matt Cullen, you could say, very well-liked, very interesting guy, and... Of course, Marcus Foligno is back, ready to rock and roll again. He got dinged up a bit in the season opener, but looks to be okay, hopefully. Luke Cunning has been put on IR, so, well, hopefully a speedy recovery there. <sighs> so, shall we talk about the transactions, the signings, and, of course, the trade? Let's start off with uh, the Goose, Gustav Olofsson. Gustav Olofsson, the second Minnesota Wild, not-so-great defenseman traded away to the Montreal Canadiens for... Will Biden. It's not Bitten, it's Biden, of course. Only one D. And, of course, third-round pick from the Montreal Canadiens in the 2016 draft, 70th overall. Remember, the Minnesota Wild took Luke Cunning in that draft, of course, the following year. 2017, the Minnesota Wild, Evan Lodney, a third-round pick. So, well, Will Biden, maybe he's like at least like Lodney, I suppose, a center who shoots right. So, nice. Very cool. This could be an interesting addition from the Montreal Canadiens. So far, he's played in the OHL with the Hamilton Bulldogs, the Flint Firebirds, and the Plymouth Whalers. Oh, I love the Whalers. I love the Whalers. But so far, OHL career thus far, he was reporting to the AHL's Lavelle Rockets. He will now, a Rocket, pardon me, Lavelle Rocket, he will now re report to the Iowa Wild. So there's that. Minnesota Wild moving Will Biden to Iowa. So good. Good possible addition here. 20 goals and 44 assists with the Hamilton Bulldogs last year. Total of 64 points. 57 points the year before. 23 of them goals. 30 goals of the Flint Firebirds and 65 total points in 15-16. And that ultimately led to him being a third uh, third round pick for the Montreal Canadiens. So, very cool. Um, at least a chance here. He's only 20 years old. The Goose, a couple of... Uh, couple years older, and, well, it looks to need a new start, this and that, left shot defenseman Gustav Olofsson, that opens up the door wide open for uh, Carson Susi to be the first call-up, should any of the left shots get injured, dinged up, whatever it is, of course, the left shot right now for the Minnesota Wild at the NHL level, very much uh, intact, Nick Seeler will pair with Patteron, that's the bottom pairing, of course, Patteron is the right shot, and, of course, Brodeen is the number two guy, and on the left side, he will be pairing with Jared Spurgeon most of the time. And, of course, it's interchangeable. You will have Suter at the top there with Dumba on the right side, of course. So, things are, things okay, I guess, so far. Dumba's had some not-so-good moments in the preseason, still showing the same old issues. But, of course, the rocket shot, the, the massive ability, the 50-point uh, season last year, very much intact. And Matt Dumba, of course, kept in the fold. The Goose, Gustav Olofsson, on his way out again to Montreal. So those are the changes since the last episode. Nothing major, of course, still no trade of any side. <laughs> anything major, of course, minor trade there. And hopefully Will Biden does end up becoming something in the not-too-distant future. That would be fantastic. 
As we now move forward to the contracts, of course, of Matt Dumba and Jason Zucker, both of them inked to five-year contracts, fairly lucrative indeed. Six million a year for Matt Dumba, five years, thirty million. So, of course, AAV of six million a year for Matt Dumba, very cool indeed. Um, nice to have him in the fold. That's a commitment, and well, it shows that they uh, that this is your top guy at least for the foreseeable future, alongside. Ryan Suter. So there it is. There's your commitment to Matt Dumba. He will not be on his way out. And they also signed them being the Minnesota Wild. Matt, uh, Jason Zucker, pardon me, to five years, two point, excuse me, five years, $27.5 million. So he's in the fold as well. About, you know, a, a bit over $5 million a year there. Well over a bit under six, basically, for Jason Zucker. So again, under $12 million a year combined for these two guys. As a cap hit, Minnesota Wild looking okay there coming out of this one. I do think that Greg Pattern contract a little expensive for what he brings, though his physicality is invaluable. And, of course, teaming him with uh, Nick Sealer, that could be the Bash Brothers, you could say. Kind of like the return of the Bash Brothers going back to the old days. Uh, Dahlquist and Basil McRae, guys like that. So pretty cool. Shane Churla, you know, you could throw him as a Bash Brother as well from the old days. The Minnesota Wild also have a new ECHL affiliate. The Rapid City Rush already. Minnesota Wild and Rapid City already parting ways, unfortunately. The Allen Americans are now the ECHL affiliate for the Minnesota Wild. It's their 10th year in existence, starting in 2009 with the CHL. Did the Allen Americans. So Minnesota Wild uh, draft picks and uh, players under their property, this and that, will report to the Allen Americans when it comes to the ECHL. So welcome aboard, a familiar <clears throat> franchise in that minor league out there. So hopefully some solid development will take place with the Allen Americans. Always wishing the best there. Uh, Neil Nate Dog Thiesing since the last episode had his 34th birthday. Of course, he passed away on February the 7th, 2018. God bless Neil Nate Dog Thiesing. Had to remember him again. I was saying how, well, it would have been his 34th birthday. He was a co-host on a number of the shows in Brave the Wild, and he was one of the best friends I ever had. Uh, great guy. So, of course, he will always be a part of the show one way or another. Uh, of course, again, those of you out there that knew him, there are several podcasts in the past. You can look up and see his name, Neil Nate Doug Thiesing, in the show description. Of course, his name will always be with the hosts. I'm never going to take it off because that, be that would be just terrible to do that. Um, but yeah, you can look at in the past, hear what he was like, his personality, this and that. Great guy, entertaining, funny. And, you know, obviously some hockey knowledge coming to the fold as well. Thanks again, Neil Nickdog Thiesing, on the 27th of July, officially there. I posted, I had a post about Kunin, uh, Kunin aiming for a camp return. Of course, he, he looked good out there, but, uh, you know, a bit ahead of schedule, but still the Wild playing it safe, putting him on IR. As we continue to move upward and such. I'm looking through the Facebook page to kind of keep up with the stories and all that. Of course, JT Brown will be the 13th forward on the Minnesota Wild roster at the moment. Of course, played with UMD, won a national title with them in 2011. Of course, they are the reigning national champions at the moment. Congratulations to Jim, Sarah, uh, Madill, and others out there <laughs> in the Minnesota Wild hardcore that love the Duluth Bulldogs. They are, again, the reigning national champions. The Gophers... Open up against them tonight. How about that? <laughs> tonight, yes, sir. That's going to be an interesting matchup in the MCHC. Of course, Minnesota Gophers 
in the Big Ten. I am a Gopher fan for those of you out there that are curious, of course. So there's a there's a divide in Minnesota because there's quite a few Division One hockey uh, <laughs> hockey schools out there. I will be uh, loyal to the Minnesota Gophers forever. So sorry to disappoint some of you out there that might uh, favor the St. Cloud State Huskies. We stole your coach, apparently. This and that. So we'll let that kind of continue as is. Again, the Wild acquired Biden. Looking for any quotes here. The Facebook page, by the way, is facebook.com forward slash brave the wild. Facebook.com forward slash brave the wild. Just wanted to get some of these transactions and such out of the way first before I actually go into the full on season preview. So this shows a little bit kind of inside out to normal. Usually I wrap up the show with the Facebook page, but again, facebook.com forward slash brave the wild Minnesota wild show. You actually, uh, it's actually, when you look it up on the page, it's brave the wild dot Minnesota. So that's what you have to actually type in. And that will be in the show description to keep things uh, organized and such. Sebastian Barton locally was wondering if it was a good trade. And I think it can be. He's only 20 years old. Third round pick 2016. He's had some success in the OHL, but let's see what he can do at the AHL. That's a significant jump here. And of course, the Minnesota Wild will have some important players in the Iowa Wild this year, like Dmitry Sokolov. Of course, Luke Cunning went healthy. He'll be sent down there and others along the way, hoping to get things going in the right direction. I will quickly rattle off some of the significant players on the AHL roster at the moment. Louis Belpedio, Mason Shaw, a lot of people excited about him. He recovered from an a, uh, ACL injury last year. Louis Belpedio is 22 years of age. Carson Soucy is already 24, of course, from Minnesota Duluth. He won the, uh, nah, actually he was not on the team, but uh, he would have been on the National Champions if he played one more year, but of course, uh, yeah. <laughs> he played it the year before. Stamonauts, very significant as well, already 25, lost the National Title game. The North Dakota a couple of years ago, Andrew Hammond, a potential backup goalie. He only gave up one goal and a victory for the Iowa Wild in their season opener. Kloos already has an assist. I think he's got a, some future as well. He was on the Gophers as well, who got far all the way to the uh, national title game years ago, but lost to the <laughs> the Union team. That uh, was extremely frustrating. Kyle Rauch, a significant guy who might be a call-up, of course. He was on that team as well. That went really far. Ryan Murphy sent down. He had two points in the Iowa Wild victory. Uh, Mason Shaw, again, mentioned. So those are the significant names in the fold. Of course, Capo Kalkinen is the backup goalie to Andrew Hammond. That's extremely important as well. Matt Reed was sent down due to a lot of frustration out there. Some people would have preferred him over, say, J.T. Brown. But J.T. Brown is on a one-way contract. Matt Reed is on a two-way contract. Do the math there. So common sense, unfortunately, for Matt Reed. As he looked pretty damn good in the preseason. That's a that's a shame that he was uh, sent down. But we'll see what happens. He still has a very good chance to get called up. Should uh, J.T. Brown provide almost nothing. Of course, Boudreaux a little bit frustrated with him so far with, uh, with that. So let's get into the actual season preview, shall we? And now we will look at the whole NHL. And will the Minnesota Wild actually make the playoffs? It's going to be tough. It's going to be extremely tough for the Minnesota Wild to make the playoffs, but just to be a jerk, no, I'm kidding. Just to be fair, let's start with the Eastern Conference first and save the best for last. That's the Western Conference. Then again, who knows? Maybe the Eastern Conference wins the Stanley Cup this year yet again because they've been doing that quite a bit lately. we got all these high-powered teams in the West. They get to the finals, and they run into Pittsburgh, or they run into Washington. Yeah, you get all this excitement. The, the San Jose Sharks go all the way. They ran into the Penguins. The Nashville was unbelievable. Penguins... And then, of course, last year, Vegas, what an awesome season, and the, and the freaking Capitals beat them. I wasn't too happy about that. But let's move on. Tampa Bay, Boston, Toronto, Florida, all these clubs over there. 
What's going to happen in the Eastern Conference? Who's going to do well? Who isn't? Well, we're going to do our usual surprise and flop in the conference. Do the New York Islanders move up now that that uh, Trotz is the coach? Uh, nah, I don't think they're going to move up because obviously they lost Tavares. He's on his way to uh, Buffalo. Or excuse me, Buffalo to Toronto. They wish, they wish he went to Buffalo. <laughs> He's on his way to Toronto, an already pretty damn good team. 105 points last year. Austin Matthews, Nylander's been... A guy that a lot of people have been mentioning in possible trades of the Minnesota Wild. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know how much Fenton is willing to give up for Nylander from Toronto. So we'll just uh, cross that bridge when we get there, that type of thing. Montreal's underachieved for years. And, well, they got two guys that underachieved for Minnesota. Now Olofsson and Mike Riley competing for minutes, this and that, even though they play on different sides. <laughs> so is Washington going to repeat? Nah, I don't think the Washington Capitals repeat. I think they got their championship and I, I just, the odds of them repeating, I think, are very slim. Pittsburgh repeating, I mean, you got this dynasty, this type of thing, so it's no surprise that they repeated, even though it's very hard to do in the NHL. Teams like Detroit, and well, the Mario Lemieux Pittsburgh Penguins could do it, but uh, very few teams, not even the Blackhawks could do it, and that's a team that's probably not going to make the playoffs this year. So, the flop, or let's start with a surprise in the Eastern Conference, is Buffalo finally going to move up a bit? <clears throat> are they going to exceed expectations? Ottawa's probably going to drop all the way to the bottom, I think, because now they just lost Carlson. He's on his way to the San Jose Sharks. That's, of course, happened since the last episode. And, of course, if you weren't living in a cave as an NHL fan, you probably knew that Carlson is now a member of the San Jose Sharks, which I think moves them up significantly. A team that was already pretty good last year, but that could really solidify a cup contender there for the San Jose Sharks. Jumping ahead just a little bit there. The surprise in the Eastern Conference, it's never easy to pick anybody. I'm surprised Detroit did kind of okay last year, but then again, not really. Florida, I think Florida's going to keep doing what they're doing. They've, they've got some nice young players, some good rising talent, some good draft picks over the years. I think New Jersey's going to, yeah, New Jersey's going to make the playoffs again. I think they're going to move up significantly. Adam Hall, uh, Nico Hersher, and others, of course. Uh, Schneider is still a very good goalie, this and that. He was behind uh, Brodeur for years, and he's been a really nice goalie. I think New Jersey's going to achieve. Uh, I think New Jersey's going to exceed expectations, and they might even uh, compete for that metropolitan division. What do you think of that? That would be a, that would be quite an interesting situation there. Does Columbus does the uh, does the <laughs> does the shelf life wear off on old uh, Tortella? Does it happen? Does it wear off? Could Columbus actually drop off, or are they still a super dangerous team? I think they're dangerous. They've got a nice group of players, so it's kind of tough to imagine them dropping off. I think Washington is going to disappoint this year. I think Washington will disappoint. They'll still make the playoffs, but I do believe they're going to disappoint because, well, you know, I think they're going to have their championship high. I think they celebrated it way too much. It's one thing to celebrate. It's another when it's like you don't stop, like take it easy a little bit. I think they're going to drop off. They'll still make the playoffs, but they'll be, they're going to be in the wild card range, I think, for the postseason, unfortunately for them. Washington Capitals will be the disappointment in terms of dropping off from expectations. The team that will exceed expectations will be the New Jersey Devils, as far as I'm concerned. They might have a hell of a season. It's going to be fun to see what they are able to accomplish. I think the Eastern Conference Finals will start with a T. Tampa Bay and Toronto will be in the Eastern Conference Finals, but the Tampa Bay Lightning will end up winning the Eastern Conference. It'll be a very interesting series. Six or seven games. Toronto will make things extremely interesting, and I do believe they are the next team in the Eastern Conference. 
I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And just maybe they will squeeze by the Tampa Bay Lightning. We'll see what happens. As for the surprise flop, all that in the Western Conference, man, <clears throat> how could Chicago flop anymore? They lost 76 games. Uh, they, they finished with 76 points last year. I can't even <laughs> I believe what I'm saying here. 76 points with the Chicago Blackhawks last year. Not a good run at all. They were definitely the flop of the Western Conference last year, so how can I pick that this year? Dallas, they, you know, they're a little better, this and that, but everybody always gets excited about them, thinking they're really good and they're really dangerous, but I don't know, what what did they really do in the offseason? I mean, are they that special? So I'm kind of having a hard time, uh, you know, guaranteeing they're going to make the postseason. A lot of publications believe they are. Uh, Blake Cornell was a decent addition, but he'll be on the third line. Roman Pollock, he's barely going to make the roster there. Anton Godobin, backup. So I don't know why a lot of people are thinking Dallas is like a shoe in to make the playoffs. They didn't last year. I'm not that convinced. Uh, ben Bishop was a nice addition, but was he that good? He's kind of underachieved, and that's why. And look what happened when Tampa Bay traded him away, and they let Vasilevsky take over, and look what happened. I mean, he just took off. It was the right decision, and look at Tampa Bay today. Way better team, and it is what it is. So Dallas, I, I don't think they're going to make it. Why is everybody thinking that? So I'm kind of having a tough time with that one. I, I really am. So now that I've run that over about a million times. St. Louis made some decent additions, blah, blah, blah. Mike Yo's still the coach. Yay. I mean, is that so great? Yeah, I guess. No, not really. <laughs> and then, of course, Jake Allen the other night didn't look so great. Uh, good additions, though. Ryan O'Reilly, second-line center. David Perron from the, well, he's, he's back in St. Louis, of course. Went to the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Patrick Maroon and Chad Johnson's the backup goalie. I've always liked Chad Johnson. For the most part, I mean, he's had good years, he's had bad years, he was good with Colorado, or Calgary, he was bad with Calgary, this and that, he stunk in, uh, he stunk for the New York Islanders, he was great for the Buffalo Sabres, but Buffalo Sabres, I mean, I don't know what to say about that. This is a very tough Western Conference, but it's not St. Louis and Dallas that scare me all that much, it's Colorado, actually. <laughs> I can't imagine why Colorado would scare me as a Minnesota Wild fan. Not, 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 the way that, not, not with the way they lit us up last year, and we're like a, like three steps ahead of the Wild the whole time, and just like the season opener, and Nathan McKinnon finished second for the Hart Trophy. If he didn't get injured, he might have got it. Miko Ratinen came up out of nowhere, kind of out of nowhere. He's really emerged unbelievable, 84 points last year. Look at Tyson Berry, rookie year, unbelievable, 57 points. Jeez, uh, Kovalov, or Varlamov, has been actually very solid. Jonathan Bernier is a good steadying uh, backup goalie who can pick up a good number of games, 37 games last year. Colorado's extremely dangerous. I think they make it for sure. In fact, Colorado is better than St. Louis and Dallas. And Well, they finished ahead of them last year, barely. I think Colorado is the one that's going to make it. <sighs> You know, divisions change every year. Teams miss, teams make it, this and that. I mean, if Dallas gets in, that would mean Minnesota's gone downhill big time. That's what I think. Or St. Louis. <sighs> Nashville and Winnipeg are going to get in for sure. I mean, you got to think Minnesota and Colorado should both make it. You want to believe. But Colorado's, right now, they're better than us. They are. And I hate saying it. Um, Minnesota Wild with 101 points last year. Colorado, 95 I don't know. Colorado's faster. They look like freaking penguins out there. I mean, they might they might be one of the elite teams in the Western Conference if things continue the way they are. And some of you might be like rolling your eyes and throwing up throwing up your breakfast right now hearing me say that. But 
this is a dangerous team. Uh, and it's a terrible matchup for the Wild, that's for sure. Uh, St. Louis, again, did not start out too good. Their goaltending is all over the place. We all know what Jake Allen did to the Minnesota Wild years ago. But generally speaking, he is not a good goalie. And that's why I was so freaking pissed off two years ago when the freaking St. Louis <laughs> Blues beat the Wild in five games and it felt like a sweep. I mean, they whooped our butts. They made some nice additions, though, so this and that. They're going to have to outscore teams to beat them, I think, because the goaltending situation in St. Louis is not that spectacular. It's just okay. Uh, Carter Hutton's moved on to Buffalo, so again, that doesn't help. I mean, that was one of the reasons St. Louis was semi-dangerous last year, because Carter Hutton was a good backup goalie, and he was better than Jake Allen. In fact, just two goals a game, and now off he goes, and Chad Johnson's the backup. He's inconsistent. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko is a top-end, top-tier type of scorer, but he's not a top-tier overall player in the NHL. He's he's a top-tier scorer, uh, this and that. He's a scoring forward, all, all that good stuff. He's not like a necessarily a leader of your team, but he could be one of the leaders. Uh, Braden Shen's extremely valuable. Jaden Schwartz, extremely valuable. He's still got Peter Angelo and others. Bo Meeser, Edmondson, Paraco, this and that. So it's, uh, you know, I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> Alexander Steen's obviously good. So it's their forwards. It's their scoring that's going to get it done if the St. Louis Blues are going to make the playoffs and be a dangerous team. It's absolutely the offense. They're going to have to outscore teams to beat them. Their goaltending situation, very questionable at best. Colorado's goaltending situation is steady, but their forwards are scary as hell. And and their defensemen are pretty good as well. And you got veterans like Landis Cog who's grown up a little bit. Uh, remember years ago, that's why the Wild beat the Colorado Avalanche because they were a little too out of control. Nathan McKinnon was a little too green, as great as he was. This and that, and Varlamov had good moments and bad moments. And Minnesota had some steady veterans and some nice young prospects like Grandlin who emerged beautifully in that series, along with Eric Halla and such. And of course, Eric Halla, again, as we all know, moved on to the frickin' hmm. <laughs> moved on to the frickin' Vegas Golden Knights. That still bugs me. Vegas Golden Knights, are they going to win the Pacific Division this year? San Jose Sharks are going to win the Pacific Division this year. They are. Um, I think the Sharks are going to be in the 110-point range. They got 100 points last year, so Chris and Chris, <laughs> those of you guys out there, Chris Stortz, Chris Porter, uh, Drew Bunting. Those are all San Jose Sharks fans that I know well via Facebook and Twitter and all that. Um, and podcasts, of course, the, the Teal Town podcast for the San Jose Sharks. Love it. Uh, Chris Stortz, a member of that show, and I've been on it. He's, yeah, I'd, I'd like to have him on this show as well. This is a very dangerous team, obviously. Carlson, of course, added. Brent Burns already there. Vlasic's a nice, steadying, uh, nice steady player. Couture, Joe Thornton's still there, ancient history, but still playing. Chris Tierney's okay. Pavelski's value is still there. This and that, obviously. Thomas Hurdle, yeah, he's good his moments. He's inconsistent. He's kind of like a, he's like a lesser version of Zucker, almost in a way. But Evander Kane, if he can keep his head on straight, the San Jose Sharks team could and should win the Western Conference. So they will not be a surprise team. They will move up dramatically. A surprise team in the Western Conference, well... In terms of moving up, I think call it, uh, the Calgary Flames. And it's not just because I like them. I think they're very dangerous. I think they'll move up. I would not be surprised to see both Alberta uh, teams move up into the uh, playoffs this year. Calgary and Edmonton should move up significantly back into positioning. At least the NHL hopes so. It's always good to have Calgary, <laughs> the sea of red and all that. 
But more importantly, Edmonton, because of one guy, Connor McDavid, <laughs> dry siddle guys like that. Their goaltending situation is still kind of, uh, and their defensive situation is scary. <laughs> this and that. They give up a, a star in Adam Hall. Just, just imagine if Hall was still on the Oilers. I mean, Lord, could you imagine? <laughs> That's a, that, that is the Edmonton Oilers again, baby. Well, kind of. Um, they did adva- They did add Tobias Ryder, who's okay. Kyle Braziak's back in Edmonton after many, many years. So fourth-line center. It's a nice, steady addition. But Cam Talbot's mediocre at best. El Montoya's not good. He's their third-string goalie at the moment. Miko Koskinen, we'll see. We'll just have to wait and see what happens with that guy. They're going to have to really, literally... Hope for the best in that sense with the goaltending situation. It's questionable. Uh, Koskinen is coming in from Finland, so they're going to have to hope he's literally like a Miko. <laughs> I don't even. Uh, Kippersoff, somebody like that. Or, of course, a uh, Nicholas Backstrom type coming in late, you know, already 30 years old, this and that. Just turned 30. So, somebody like that, you'd have to come in kind of surprised and be something special. That's the hope for. The Edmonton Oilers. Otherwise, guys like uh, Rodrigue, who's one of their <laughs> was one of their uh, prospects in the system. Stuart Skinner, guys like that. That's where they're going to have to hope for in years to come. But at the moment, they're going to have to really hope that uh, the Finnish goalie Koskinen can surprise and be something. Good numbers last year in the KHL. In fact, phenomenal. One point five seven goals against average. That's really good. And he's a six seven monster. <laughs> like the Devon Dumics of the world, even taller. So, whew, well, that's how Edmonton succeeds. It's Koskinen. So Koskinen is the secret uh, secret weapon there because it ain't Cam Talbot. Three goals a game? No, that's not going to get it done because Edmonton's scoring is not consistent enough even though they have the best player in the league. We'll just have to let that go. Vancouver, nice start. They have some nice prospects, this and that. Their goaltending's okay, blah, 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 but I don't think they're a major playoff team. Arizona could be up could be a team on the rise at some point. Clayton Keller and others. There's a hope that something happens with the Arizona, <laughs> the Arizona Coyotes. I'd like to see them play good again. I I enjoy them. I like their uniforms. I like their team. Anti Ranta had some moments last year. In fact, his numbers were good after a real yucky start. Darcy Kemper, guys like that. Kemper was not good in the time he was in that last year. He's still the number two guy. It's all on Anti Ranta and others. Alan Gullenchuk, though, from the Montreal Canadiens. That was actually a pretty nice trade, a nice addition for the Arizona Coyotes. So that's how they possibly make it. I hope Arizona emerges and becomes a playoff team. Um, but I think they'll be in the mix. I think they'll be good all, all the way till the end of March. They'll be in the mix. They'll, they'll be around. I think teams like Chicago are going to continue to stink. Well, Minnesota, St. Louis, or Dallas, one of those three is going to make it, and the other two are not, and one of the three is probably going to have a terrible season, I think, uh, like 70 points, something like that. One of us is going to really drop off. I, it's not going to be St. Louis. I think they're good enough with all those forwards to be dangerous. They might be better than us. Um, Dubnik had an awesome start to the season. That really helped, so that's where things kind of sit there. Las Vegas, well, they lost a couple guys. They lost Neil. They lost Perron, but they, they still have some nice additions they still have a nice (laughs) they still have a nice overall group of players that get along very well and all play for each other not for themselves so that's the hope as well Malcolm Supine was a nice backup last year Marc-Andre Fleury awesome start to uh, his career in Vegas of course after a long run in Pittsburgh won one Stanley Cup in 2009 of course he won (laughs) he won the second one 
the second two actually with Pittsburgh, <clears throat> but he was the backup. It, it was Andy Murray was the goalie. So I mean, yeah, we, we you know we counted. He, he got the ring, but he wasn't the goalie. Uh, Paul Stasny, nice addition. Can he stay healthy? Can he stay consistent? If he does, he's great. And he helped the St. Louis Blues a bit last year. But then again, that was an overall disappointing season for the Blues. Eric Hollis still is what he is. Awesome season. All those players, this and that. So I think the Golden Knights make the playoffs again. I mean, there's no doubt about it. William Carlson, spectacular season last year. Unbelievable. Scored more than Eric Stahl for the Wild. Awesome run for them. So we'll just have to wait and see. Also, interesting Interesting off-season news is Tyler Ennis is in the mix for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He might even get to play with, on the second line with uh, Matthews. Can you believe that? Uh, as, as the as the left wing. That's the talk, that he's going to be on the line with Austin Matthews. That's pretty lucky, and uh, good for him. <laughs> Hopefully it works out. Best of luck to Tyler Ennis. I'm sure uh, Jerry Spurgeon is wishing him the best, both Edmonton natives. They grew up together, and we've heard that a million times. So, to me... The disappointment in the Western Conference, I think it's. I think Dallas is not going to be that great. You know, they got the forwards, they got this, they got that. Ah, I don't know. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying that Dallas is going to be this spectacular team. The LA Kings are always dangerous. They're going to be in the mix. It's going to be between them, Calgary, Edmonton, this and that. I think Calgary wins out of those three. I think the Calgary's the best team out of Calgary, Edmonton, and Los Angeles. Um, if there's one team that could possibly drop off because of age, this and that, and they started well, by the way, they put a put a whooping on Cal, uh, they put a whooping on Calgary at the beginning of the season here, uh, Anaheim Ducks. That was actually Vancouver, uh, but yeah, the Anaheim Ducks though they had a nice start to the season. We're just gonna have to wait and see how things go. Um, I don't think I think they're gonna drop off a bit. I think they're gonna drop off. Uh, into the 90s, and we'll see what happens. They'll be still in the mix. They'll be fighting for the wild card, I think. In fact, well, last year they kind of were until the last second when they finished second. Only three points ahead of the Los Angeles Kings. So it's pretty crazy when you sit down and think about that. They barely got that division uh, division leader uh, position along with the San Jose Sharks. But I think the Sharks will have... They'll be one or two in the entire Western Conference they will face off against the Winnipeg Jets in the conference finals. I think Winnipeg is very dangerous. Nashville, they're not going to have 117 points again. That's another team that's going to drop off significantly. Probably 104, 98 to 104. I think Nashville will be back in the wild card range. I think they had their little run. And it's not going to last forever because it never does. And I, I don't know. I mean, I... Pecorini, he's not going to last forever. I think Winnipeg is kind of in their window right now, and I think the San Jose Sharks have a extra. They have an extra window. They had a window a couple of years ago, and they went to the finals. Unfortunately, a lot of the guys were getting old, so the window started to close very quickly. Then they made some nice additions last year, and the window opened up again a little bit. And now Carlson, the window is wide open. So <laughs> as long as uh, Jones can be solid in net, the San Jose Sharks have an uh, outstanding chance to represent the Western Conference in the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, I'm kind of leaning that way. I'm scared to pick them, though, because they've underachieved uh, in the big moments over many, many years, <laughs> and a lot of people know that. Winnipeg got beat by Las Vegas last year. I think Vegas is going to be in second or third. I'll say second in the uh, Pacific Division. San Jose is going to win the division. Third place is going to probably be the Flames, I think, and then L.A. and Anaheim, two uh, city neighbors there, will uh, duke it out. It's literally, they're both a part of Los Angeles. So the Anna, Los Angeles Ducks of Anaheim will be duking it out with the Kings for the wild card. And Calgary, again, will be third, maybe even second place between them and uh, Vegas there. 
with James Neal, the former Vegas Knight, added to the mix. Minnesota is going to finish fourth in the division, I think. Colorado is going to be third or second behind Winnipeg. It's between Colorado and Nashville for second place, I think. I think the Colorado Avalanche are moving up. I do. I hate saying it because I hate them so much. Their road record last year was not that good, but again, they're coming, and their home record is dangerous. Uh, The Wild home record was phenomenal last year, though a lot of annoying overtime losses for Minnesota, eight of them at home. (sighs) Boy, the Wild are going to be hovering around 100 again, even though they had an awful game. You can't judge it all in one game. It's a terrible matchup. Minnesota usually plays well against Nashville. We usually play good against St. Louis sometimes, and hopefully against Chicago. We better. Who knows? But I don't think the Blackhawks have enough. Uh, I don't think they have enough tread on the tire right now. They got the nice stars that are aging a bit, uh, Patrick Kane and of course Jonathan Taves. But after that, it's uh, questionable at best. A lot of their other big name guys dropping off quickly, unfortunately. So it kind of is what it is. There, Blackhawks missed the playoffs. Minnesota squeaks in seventh or eighth seed with the wild card. Winnipeg wins the division, Colorado second, Nashville third. That's where I'm going to stand at this moment. St. Louis and and L.A. and such will duke it out for the final playoff spot with Minnesota, of course, again. Minnesota, St. Louis, Los Angeles will all be duking it out for the final couple playoff spots there. And Dallas should be in the mix, but for how long? Don't know. Arizona, Edmonton, well, they're going to be in the hunt, which is, of course, below the mix, and we'll see what happens. It's up to them. But um, Western Conference... Again, the drop-off, the team that will drop off significantly, i got to think Nashville's going to drop in points probably significantly. Um, but they'll still be very much in the playoffs and all that. The team that's going to surprise, going to emerge big time, Calgary's going to get in the 100-point range. So you could call them the surprise, so to speak, even though it's not a gigantic surprise. They'll move up significantly, though, into the hundreds. Western Conference Finals, San Jose and Winnipeg. And the Stanley Cup final representative against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Who oh, my. Ugh. You know, I mean, Winnipeg scares the crap out of me. San Jose could have that magical run. They could be something unbelievable. I mean, you don't see defensive pairings this good. And then all those uh, things are really pointing to San Jose making uh, a heck of a run against Winnipeg. That could be a six, seven game series. Like I keep saying that, but with uh, just like Tampa Bay and Toronto. Tampa Bay is going to win that series in six. I think they'll beat Toronto. Fairly soundly at the end there. Toronto will knock on the door, but Tampa Bay will finish them off, win the East. I think Winnipeg is going to beat San Jose. I, I was leaning towards the Sharks. I, I just, I mean, mm, I think Winnipeg is just too dangerous right now. Seven games. Mm, it kind of depends. You know, you want to say home ice, but it doesn't really matter in hockey, does it? It kind of does sometimes. It kind of doesn't. It's all about who's playing better, who's healthier, this and that, because guys get hurt. If somebody on the Sharks gets hurt, they're screwed, that type of thing. Winnipeg is deeper. That's where I think the uh, Winnipeg Jets, I guess, they're the most likely team to go to the finals. But I think Tampa Bay is going to beat Winnipeg. A lot of people have the the, uh, Winnipeg Jets winning the Cup this year. I think it's Tampa Bay. I I can't pick Winnipeg to win the Cup. Tampa Bay is the better team at the moment in the NHL, and I think they're going to have their year, and they're going to pull it out and win the Stanley Cup. So with that, that's your season preview. Bouncing all over the place, but fun. I I enjoyed this. I enjoyed looking at all the different teams and the possibilities. The Ducks also, that's another team that's going to be duking it out with Minnesota, St. Louis, uh, Los Angeles, and such for that final playoff spot. Edmonton, all of them. It's going to be the same old story, unfortunately. And I hate saying it, but 
there's going to be a significant trade at some point. Fenton's been kind of sitting on it for a while. He wants to evaluate things, and he doesn't want to get ripped off. He doesn't want to get, give away Charlie Coyle for a fifth or sixth round pick. He's not Mike Riley. Okay, so it's one thing you get a sixth round pick or so, fifth round pick for Mike Riley. Um, you take a flyer on a guy named Will Biden, who just might be something from Montreal. That might end up being actually a really good trade. So, uh, of course, that could be the difference, significant difference between Paul Fenton and, uh, and uh, I almost called him Doug Risebrough, but Chuck Fletcher. Yeah, Doug Risebrough, don't even get me started. I mean, again, you trade away third-round picks for guys that are, at best, fourth-line centers. And, oh, he brings grittiness for the playoffs there. You know, we're going to go out there and uh, we're going to knock some uh, some heads together. You know, uh, yeah, bullcrap. The guy didn't do anything. He, he didn't do crap. <laughs> All those different players that uh, Doug Risebrough gave up third-round picks for. And Fletcher, guilty of similar situations there. He's just a significantly better drafter than Doug Risebrough. And that's what kind of kept Fletcher around a little longer and didn't have me clamoring for him to get fired. So that's kind of uh, how it is. Mm. So <laughs> interesting thoughts to go with. I think Minnesota does make the playoffs, but it's same old, same old until I have reason to believe otherwise. And hopefully I do. Hopefully I do. So with that, we'll take a break. We'll look at... Colorado game a little more, even though I kind of analyzed it enough already, and preview the upcoming games and call it a wrap on the show. back here on segment number two, a bit of an unorthodox one because we're going to review a game briefly, but of course preview two games. Minnesota Wild also already have a have four days off after hosting the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. Should be a fun game. And of course the Minnesota Wild will then host the Chicago Blackhawks on Thursday. That's how long it is in between already. So pretty ridiculous. A four, four day bye like the Minnesota Wild needed so bad. I don't know what the point of that is. It's just kind of dragging things out. Zach Parisi scored the opening goal of the season and the only goal for Minnesota. Six minutes and 14 seconds into the game. Zach Parisi, assisted by Cuevo Niederreiter, of course, his line mates on the second line, as we like to call it. They might call it the first line. I'd call it the second. Cuevo and Niederreiter, again, assisting. It's a good play. Parisi just kind of getting close to the net and doing what he does, fighting and fighting and fighting. And he got shots on net, but generally speaking, Minnesota did not. Colorado added a couple of empty netters late in the game. That's why the score is 4-1, to one, but Colorado dominated the Wild pretty much the entire way. Shots on net were unbelievable. It was like 38-11 to 11 at one point. It's just ridiculous. Um, Minnesota Wild had a power play right after Colorado's uh, third goal of the game was disallowed. That was, of course, before all that empty net nonsense, of course, that took place. And I'm saying, of course, too much now. It's getting kind of silly. Minnesota Wild mustered pretty much nothing on the power play. Golden opportunity to tie the game up in that third period, and they just could not get it done. Extremely frustrating. Charlie Coyle, of course, tripped by Kerfoot, and there goes a course again. (laughs) Minnesota Wild getting a delay of game late, and that did not help either. A couple of empty nets for the Colorado Avalanche. Again, Colorado about three steps ahead of the Wild throughout the game. Devin Dubnik was unbelievable in net, and it could have easily been a much worse game. Devin Dubnik ultimately giving up two goals in the game. So, well done. Uh, save percentage about 95%. Very good game for Devin Dubnik. Just a crying shame 
that there was pretty much no offense in front of him and very little defense as well. Colorado just much faster. You didn't see a whole lot of reason to be optimistic. Uh, Erickson Eck only mustered 10 minutes in the game. Felino, eight and a half. Greenway, only seven and a half. And about eight minutes, ultimately, at the end of the day for Greenway. So a lot of the young guys, again, not getting a whole lot of minutes. But I won't quite compare Bruce Boudreaux to <laughs> Tom Thibodeau across the river just yet. For the Minnesota Timberwolves there. Um, just an overall extremely frustrating game. Zucker only one shot on net. Nothing in the third period. Koivu only one shot on net. Parisi had four. He was definitely the most active player. I thought he was easily the best player on the Minnesota Wild other than Devin Dubnik throughout the game. Very well done by Zach Parisi. He looks like the old Zach. Uh, Charlie Coyle, zero shots on net. Zero. Are, are you surprised? <sighs> zero shots on net for Charlie Coyle. I mean, it's one thing if you're Matt Hendricks and you don't have any shots on net. And you're just kind of, you know, bumping and thumping around, grinding out there, playing the wall game, uh, you know, taking some face-offs, this and that. Maybe trying to set up other players, given the opportunity on that fourth line. Because he actually was the center, not Eric Fear in the game. Uh, and, well, I don't know. Just an overall yucky game for Minnesota, I'd have to say. I mean, really? You know, this is the best we can do? I, I think we can do a lot better. And... It just wasn't meant to be an overall awful game. Colorado mustering. Again, 38 shots on that. Minnesota, 21, and that's it. Only one pass by Lama very early. Less than six and a half minutes into the game, into the season, all that. And that was all she wrote to Barlamov. Solid in the opportunities he had to face, which again, weren't all that many. Uh, Dumba got a couple shots on that. Even Sealer did. Sealer looked solid out there. As good as ever, this and that. But minimal minutes at the end of the day compared to others. Ryan Suter already 25 minutes and he didn't look nearly like the same guy he was very slow, very uh, you know, mediocre is probably the word to say coming back from that type of injury it's hard to really complain but at the same time, the only thing I can complain about is the minutes, why? you know, I mean, was, was he was he good enough to warrant that many minutes? could you give more to Jonas Brodeen, maybe a couple more to Sealer? that would probably be useful at this point I don't know. It seems like Suter always has the... <laughs> Suter just has a stranglehold on whoever is the coach of this team, no matter who it is. You see the same guys on the power play. Now, of course, Clavo and Parisi hooked up on a goal at the, you know, at the beginning of the game and all that, but it's the same guys and the same power play, the same, the same, the same. It doesn't matter if Mike Yo's the coach or Bruce Boudreaux's the coach. And that's partially because, well, that's the kind of team that uh, Chuck Fletcher put together. It's not a bad team. But at the same time, it's kind of the same old, same old. And that's the complaint at this point. Uh, you're hoping for some type of a shakeup. You don't want to get rid of everybody. And, of course, certain guys you can't get rid of, this and that. But don't be surprised if Coyle or Niederreiter is gone. I think Coyle, oh, God, you hope somebody out there, somebody out there is intrigued by him enough that they can give you a fair trade. I, I hope so. Because, again, I mean, the guy doesn't shoot. And that's all there's to say about it. Charlie does not shoot the puck. He shot the puck quite a bit in the preseason. He was unbelievable. He was the MVP of the preseason for the sixth straight year, most likely. Him and Eric Fear were probably the MVPs of the preseason. Well, Fear mustered two shots in goal. Fair, pardon me. But Fair's not meant to be a major part of this team. And Charlie Coyle was never, ever meant to be a third-line player, but that's what he is. He's a third-line player. So, because he's just uh, he's just gritty and he's good along the wall and he's just, he's just an all-around great guy, too. So... I don't know. He was supposed to be better than that. And I don't know if we're ever going to see it. So, pardon me for getting a little frustrated. Also, how many shots of net did Eriksson Eck get? Zero. That's right, zero. 
Jordan Greenway, well, he barely even was on the ice to get a chance. Same with Eck, anyway. Eck was about 10 minutes. Greenway under 8 minutes. So, I don't know, man. Got to generate more offense. And again, it's hard when you don't have the puck like 90% of the game, or so it felt like. I feel like Colorado was going to win the game like 6-1. to one. Uh, But luckily, um, very... Uh, very okay. Uh, <laughs> very strong game by Devin Dubnik, and that's what made the difference at the end of the day. Dubnik kept the Wild in the game. The, the skaters did not. Did not. Uh, Parisi, ultimately, again, looks good out there. He looks great. He's not getting any younger. We all know that. And he could use some help. It's nice to see Parisi scoring goals again. Thank you, Lord, for that. But, again, he needs some help. And hopefully help will come. And and, and it should, because I think the Wild schedule here, at least the next week, should be adequate for the Wild to have an opportunity to move forward a little bit, win a couple games, and I think the Wild will win a couple games. So despite all my negativity, my frustration, and this and that, you're going to see better a better hockey game tonight against the Vegas Golden Knights. To me, I don't think there's any reason the Wild should go out there and stink it up again. Vegas Golden Knights, well, they lost their first game, this and that. I mean, it is what it is. They got beat 5-2 to by Philadelphia at home. So... Uh, you know, it is what it is. Vegas Golden Knights are what they are. I think, uh, you know, they're they're a good team, but for some strange reason, Minnesota plays well against them, and for me, there's no reason why the Wild shouldn't play well. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Malcolm, Sub- Malcolm Subban was in net because Fl- Fleury had an awful game. Awful game. Uh, Subban came in and kind of relieved the <laughs> gave uh, relieved Marc-Andre Fleury, stopped nine shots. I think Subban will be in net tonight. That's just my guess. Other than that, though, Mrs. Lincoln, I was the play. I mean, again, not a good game to start off the season for the Vegas Golden Knights. I think they start off 0-2, and the Minnesota Wild actually beat the Golden Knights again. Good matchup for Minnesota for some reason. I don't know what it is, because I think Vegas is a fairly quick team as well. Uh, Max Pacioretty added to the Vegas Golden Knights. Again, major addition for them in the offseason. A lot of people wanted him to come to Minnesota. So, again, a nice addition. You've still got Ryan Reeves and such, some of those playoff type of guys, and Paul Stasny, all those names that have been around forever. But, um, I believe Minnesota wins the game. I think something of the likes, 3-2, to two, something like that. Uh, trying to think of who could score, you know, who, who's the most likely guy to score in the game. Let's go with Eric Stahl. He did well against the Vegas Golden Knights last year, and again, he did well against a lot of people. And I do think he gets his first goal of the season tonight against the Vegas Golden Knights. Whether it's the first goal or the third goal of the game, might get to an empty net situation. Who knows? Maybe a 4-2 win or just maybe, just maybe this thing goes into overtime and Matt Dumba gets the winner. Something along the likes of Jason Zucker. Those are the two guys and the third possible guy to win the game in overtime would be uh, Mikhail Granlin. But I'm going to go with uh, Eric Stahl, the most likely guy to score tonight in a 3-2 Minnesota win. Let's move on to the Chicago Blackhawks next Thursday. It's only next Thursday, right? And then the following game is Carolina. Hopefully I can get a show Saturday morning. Possibly I could squeeze into show Saturday morning. That'd be kind of cool if humanly. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. We'll only be reviewing two games. So it wouldn't be a hard show to do. Chicago Blackhawks come to Minnesota. Same old, same old. Well, not really. <laughs> same old stars and the, the goaltender situation not looking good for Chicago. As, of course, Crawford is uh, nursing an injury that's kept him out for a long, long time. So things kind of are what they are for the Blackhawks. They did win their first game, though. So, uh-oh. Danger, danger, right? <laughs> you know, I'm looking at the Carolina Hurricanes and then the Blackhawks, and I'm seeing Cam Ward, and it's like, Cam Ward. I'm, did I click on the Hurricanes? Nope, that's right. Cam Ward is the goalie right now for the Chicago Blackhawks. 
he's decent, but he's just okay. And of course, many years with Carolina and Carolina was decent, but just okay over all the years that they were, you know, over all the years with Cam Ward for the most part. The poor guy goes all the way back in the day with them. Um, yeah, he did win the Stanley Cup with them, but that was, again, 12 years ago. So that's ancient history. Chris Kunitz was a decent addition of the Pittsburgh Penguins, but don't expect too much. Schmaltz is all, he's a young up-and-comer still with the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Nick Schmaltz, of course, formerly of North Dakota. Brent Seaborg's older and older. That's about it. He's just older and older. Uh, Brandon Saad is okay. Evil Otto. That's what I always call him because of that evil smirk he has. Uh, Duncan Keith is way past his prime at this stage. Minnesota, get the win. Get the win at home. I think the Wild beat the Chicago Blackhawks. Patrick Kane will score a goal, though. He will. Uh, he scored the uh, the season opener and he helped the Blackhawks win the game. Two points in the game, a goal and an assist. Him and Jonathan Taze each getting a goal and assist, assisting on each other's goals along the way. So, uh, at the end of the day, Minnesota should win the game. The Blackhawks scoring definitely up, at least in their season opener against the Ottawa Senators. Cam Ward giving up three goals in the game. It's just Ottawa, but it was in Ottawa, so there's a little bit, little bit of something there. In Minnesota, though, I think Minnesota has a... They'll have enough oomph in them to get a two, to get to two and one, I think. Hopefully, I had no need for any type of overtime or extra uh, of uh, shootout, any of that type of nonsense. I think Minnesota wins the game 4-3, to 4-2. to two. Patrick Kane will score because he always does against Minnesota, and I mean always does. Jonathan Taves does often, too, but Patrick Kane, it's like every single game. Uh, if the Wild keep Patrick Kane out of the net, then nobody else should, then the Wild should get a potential shutout against the Blackhawks. We'll go with the 4-2 win for Minnesota. I have a 3-2 win against Vegas. I think Minnesota wins 4-2 against the Blackhawks defense and goaltending situation that's not so great. Most likely guy to score in that game. Let's go with Granlund. I think he'll score against the Blackhawks, get something going, and uh, get things rolling in the right direction. Parisi's going to score in the game as well. I'm going to actually go with Zach Parisi. He'll be the most likely guy to score against the Blackhawks. There's a little something there, a lot of history, and Parisi's had some moments in the past against the Blackhawks, so I do believe that uh, Minnesota will start the season 2-1 and one after sucking real bad against Colorado, but they'll play a couple teams that I think they can beat coming up. And then Carolina, okay, we'll wait and see what happens there. We'll talk about that next week. But Minnesota opening up the season 2-1. and one, So there's a little bit of positivity to talk about in that. The prospects, it's too early to really talk about them so far. We'll just get into that on the next show. I think this is the season preview more or less. So might as well kind of keep that under wraps at the moment. Other than just, you know, guys just getting started, getting their feet wet, their first game, this and that. I talked about some of them in the uh, Iowa, but we'll kind of go all over the place in the next show. We'll get more into the traditional Brave the Wild episode coming up next week. So until then, I want to wish all of you a nice weekend, a nice week coming up. Stay warm if you're here in the Twin Cities. It's getting cool. Stay dry, too. That damn rain is getting old. Old as hell. So all of you, again, wishing you the best. Hopefully, the Minnesota Wild make some type of significant trade that get things going in a better direction. And ultimately, again, some of the prospects end up being better than we thought. That they're more than we thought they were. They're not going to They're not gonna do a Dennis Green and they are what we thought they were. But they're more than we thought they were. That's what we need to happen sooner rather than later for Minnesota to get past some of these ever-dangerous teams like Colorado and such. Uh, that's the reason why the Minnesota Wild were not willing to get rid of Jason Zucker. And I'm glad they didn't you got to have somebody out there with some speed. Granlin has some speed, but obviously Zucker is the fastest guy on the ice, and Dumba is obviously a hell of a skater as well. So those were like no-brainer signings, and that's why the Wild coughed up the money 
for those two players in the offseason. So with that, we'll talk to you soon. Wrap up the show here. Twitter account, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. Again, the Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash bravethewild.minnesota. And of course, a shout out to Minnesota Wild Hardcore and MNW Players. MNW Players, I'm actually an admin for that page. Pavel Bunet and Mary Skyba out of the Czech Republic. They follow the Minnesota Wild from top to bottom all the way from Zach Parisi down to the players that will play for the Allen Americans coming up So and into the college rankings and such. So we'll keep up with, with uh, McBain as well as he will end up playing for the <laughs> Boston College. So just like uh, Jordan Greenway did. So actually, yep. So we'll talk to you later with that one. Greenway was Boston University. I'm, <laughs> that drives me nuts. They're like their colors are almost the same. Uh, it's it's crazy. They're two teams that have had major success over the years, particularly against the Gophers, but many other teams as well. They haven't won championships lately, but years ago they've really racked up the national championships over the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s as well. So take care, everybody. We will talk to you next week. We'll get more into the prospects again, just like the good old days before. Until then, take care and go wild.